Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different. Uh, lately, I've been traveling a ton and I've been doing a lot of conferences, emceeing conferences, as well as providing keynotes based on different topics for whatever organization or conference I've been invited to speak at. And so this episode today is the keynote I did on September 28th, 2023 at the FEMSA and FEMA conference in New Orleans, Louisiana. FEMSA is the Fire and Emergency Manufacturers and Services Association, and FEMA is the Fire Apparatus Manufacturer Association. So basically, loose equipment for the fire service as well as apparatus manufacturers. Both organizations come together for their annual fall conference, and uh, I had the honor to speak to a room full of industry decision makers, people that are changing the game for us. And it's a way to bring the conversation between the backstep firefighter, the chiefs, the line officers, bring that conversation to the front door of these manufacturers and let them know what we need as firefighters, as the boots on the ground. And so anyway, this episode is the keynote from there. Uh, the audio isn't the best, but bear with it. It is okay to listen to. Uh, it just didn't come through and record as clear as we wanted it to for a few different reasons. But anyway, thanks for joining us. Check it out. And again, thanks for tuning in to the podcast, Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Jeremy Dodge, National Fire Radio. Great, thank you very much. Uh, first off, before we start, thank you. Um, to be here, to put your trust in me, to kind of steer and navigate the last two days. Yesterday morning, I had to apologize. My opening was awful, only because I was fumbling. And uh, I wasn't comfortable in front of you guys yet. See, for me, it's about relationships. And I'm going to get into all that. Relationships are super important. When you work a room, you don't know the people in the room, it's hard to work with So you have to get to know the people, the personalities, the ugly faces. You've got to learn, right? And so that's what this is all about. So today is a message. It's a message about my story, my journey. National Fire Radio is a very small part of who I am, but where I want to take it and what I want to become. It's important, but it's done on the back of relationships. The fire service is built on the brotherhood, the sisterhood, and that is super important. Because that means that you're dialed in, you're focused, and you take care of people that take care of you. That matters. That matters a lot. And you're losing that in society more than ever. So we're going to run through a little story about myself. There's a couple things in here. I want this to be interactive. The second half, the, the first part of it is my story. My journey, where I started, how I've gotten to where I am today. The second half is down and dirty about social media, marketing, marketing ideas how you guys can help grow your businesses on the back of three platforms like social media. So that's a down and dirty version of what I could talk about. I could talk for hours on each single slide that comes through here. So real fast, oh gee. That, that was Gabe and I last night at the concert. Gabe, thank you Gabe for joining me at the concert. And Jason did a fantastic job on stage. I thought it was absolutely hysterical when he put that slide in the upper earlier. So that's just, uh, that was a lunchtime cut. So. Thank you. Real quick, I'm talking about relationships. Last night, one o'clock in the morning, I was working on my, uh, working on my, on the speech here, just a little bit more. I've been traveling a ton, so I was just putting some finer, final touches on it. And I applied for membership with FEMSA. Relationships matter. Thank you. Relationships matter. And so, sponsors. I, I sat up here, I emceed, I mentioned a bunch of sponsors. The sponsors make groups like this survive. They make them, they make them grow, they push, they challenge each other. 
That's what we need. See, when the competition, competition's good. Competition creates an environment of creativity. It pushes the envelope and makes you want to be better. And so, this is a great way to do it. Bring like-minded people together from the same industries, whether you're building apparatus, building nozzles, fans, hose, PPE, you name it. Bring them together, get the best minds in the business in one room. Talk about business, talk about how we can make this industry better, because at the end of this, the very last slide I'm going to show you is very much about making the fire service better. That's important to me because I ride on the fire trucks. I go to fires. Chris Martin in the back goes to fires. Jason goes to fires. It's guys like us that require your body. We need you, the manufacturers, the distributors, the OEMs, the suppliers, to make us perform to the duty that we swore to perform. So the sponsors, thank you for, as an MC, thank you to the sponsors. Round of applause for all of you, please, just real quick, I know. So the sponsors now, the sponsors can put together programs like that and bring great speakers in to educate you guys. That's what it's all about, is supporting one another. So relationships matter. It's a work in progress. My whole life is a work in progress. 46 years old, I'm young. My life is not even half over. I put everything on a 100-year scale. So I'm not even half over yet. So I still have half, more than half my life to go to make myself better and to contribute to society, to my family, to the fire department, and so on. This is a brand new slide. Um, I had the, I'm gonna get emotional here, because it's crazy. Last week, I was able to take my wife, my children, and one of my hypnographers with me to watch. I didn't like what I was seeing social media, I live there. People can build by social media all you want, it does a tremendous amount of good. My trip to Hawaii, I was invited there because I didn't like what I was seeing. As a firefighter, as a businessman, I'm watching money being raised, I'm watching mistruths and misinformation being put out on all these channels. And money is starting to be fundraised by my friends, by people I know, by businesses and organizations, all over social media. There is no way, in my mind, Money was going to be raised to go to the people that needed it most within 24 to 48 hours after it happened. There's no way. The supply channels weren't even set up yet. There was no way for that money to find its way to where it needed to be. So me, being the inquisitive guy I am, and with the, with the connections and the partnerships and friendships I have in fire service, I reached out to a friend in Oahu. He put me in touch with this chief Amos. And before you know it, I have him on my podcast, and we're talking about the fires. He was first, and he's a retired battalion chief out of Maui. He has first-hand experience. Not only that, he's part of the bloodline of the Hawaiian culture. He comes directly descendant of one of the kings. This man is Maui. Talking for an hour on my podcast, an hour and a half later, we stopped recording, and for an hour and a half later, we're still talking. Talking about faith, commitment, God, community, the Hawaiian culture. And he says to me, you need to come here. I want you to come here. I want to show you what's happening here. I up with him, got off the Zoom. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go to Hawaii. I just put life on pause and go to Hawaii. The next day I get a phone call. The guy that put me in touch with him says, the chief expecting you to come. You need to come and you need to come within the next few weeks because there's a timeline on this. Because tourism is going to start opening up again. We need to get you here. We need you to tell our story. Now, you're going to see all that in my slides about storytelling. Storytelling matters because people buy into people. It's, again, relationships. 
So I come downstairs, I look at my wife, I say, we're pulling the kids out of school, they're both in high school, my two youngest, my two older kids are already out of the house. And uh, literally like 10 days later, we're playing go to Maui for a week. In four days on the island, I interviewed 22 different people for our podcast. We interviewed firefighters, spiritual leaders, cultural leaders, politicians, retired firefighters, and everybody else in between to get the true story of what's happening there. It was an unbelievable, full access to a beautiful community and a beautiful island. The fires that happened in Lahaina Town were a small sliver of what the island now is, if you're not familiar with the island. And we get there, and the destruction, the amount of death that occurred there. I sat down, and we started hearing story after story, and I tell you the weight of my heart every single night. But I brought my wife and kids with me because I needed to be grounded. I needed to, at the end of the day, sit down at dinner with them and tell them about my day and tell them how special that community is. Who did I tell earlier that I'm getting really soft as I get older? I told one of you. Here we go, right? So, anyway, the point of this is it's a beautiful island, it's even more beautiful people. The parallels of the Hawaiian culture parallel the American fire service exactly. It's a sense of community, a sense of brotherhood and sisterhood. It's family, it's position, it's knowing your place. That is so powerful. And as I spent the week there, the fires and the conversations we had became this much. And everything else was this much. And it was unbelievable. And I tell you this, everybody told me when you go there, it's a magical place. You're going to fall in love with it, it's going to change you after you me that. And a couple other people. They weren't lying, man. I came home, crushed. In the fire service, we talk about conference hangovers. I'll explain it real quick. When you're a firefighter, a lot of times in your firehouse, you're excited, you're aggressive, you're having fun, you want to promote the job, and every single guy around you wants to hold you back. They don't care. They don't have to buy in the night, right? We're going to talk about buying in a minute. So that's important. And the conference hangover, when you go to FBIC and you spend a week with your brothers and your sisters and all like-minded people, you're flying high. You guys come here, you see friends that you haven't seen. Maybe see them two, three times a year at that. And you put it all together, and then when you leave here, you're feeling good. Like, Joe helped me out with this. Sally did this. I love seeing this guy. Give him a hug. This guy here is an old guy. I'm not old, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. But you're hugging people. It's important. Right? It's connections, it's relationships. And so, it just makes sense that when I came home from Hawaii, I had that conference hangover. I was upset I wasn't there anymore. I was upset I wasn't being influenced or living in a place that promoted the values, the very best values of what people should be showing today. Society's kind of lost our mind a little bit. The fire service, we're losing our mind a little bit. Things are changing. And when you can't hold on to it, shape it, craft it, and put it back to where we always knew it to be, we either innovate and survive and move on, make it better, or we try to tear it down or keep it the same. And I'm going to go into all that because that all has to do with business. But this, what I wanted to do, I wanted to talk about my experience there real quick. There's going to be a lot of information coming out about it. Um, it has changed me as a human being. It's so profound, in fact, I'd love to move there tomorrow. Not happening yet. But it's so profound for me that I wanted to take five minutes today to just tell, tell you that I was there. And I tell you that it changed me. It 
changed me for the better. It made me believe that the right morals, ethics, and values are getting grounded in me. I met amazing people whose homes burned down, and they greeted me with a smile and a huff. I talked to generational families that lost their homes. See, in Lahaina Town, the problem in Hawaii is a lot of people are being outfronted in their properties. And so the Hawaiian blood that's there, the culture, the heritage that has thrived on that island, can't afford to live on that island. So you have generational families living in homes. Those homes got wiped out by fire. I can tell you story and story again about how fast this fire progressed. How fast it ran down the road that people ran out of their homes while their house was being consumed in fire and they only found out it was on fire 10 seconds earlier. That fire was a conflagration. It was a firestorm that took over a city of over 2,200 structures. Hundreds and hundreds of people dead. Incinerated. Incinerated. So the storytelling is important because the message there is important. It very much emulates who I want to be and what I want to be. That Hawaiian culture and heritage. Man, it's special. And if life could just grab onto that a little bit, we'd all be in a much better place today. So that's my message about Hawaii. Um, it was quite an experience, and I'll talk to any of you about it. Um, it just was changing, life changing for me, my family, my videographer, Sebi, that went with me. Um, it was incredible. And uh, I, I don't know if I can talk for hours on that, but I wanted to share that with you because it's so important for me, and I'm still decompressing over this. I'm still trying to figure it all out, to be honest with you. But it was really quite a moment for me. So thank you for listening to that. Family is everything. That's my old man, 82 years old. He's my life. Love this guy. I want to be him. I hope I grow up like him. I'm going to talk again. The family business, we're firemen. We're volunteer firemen. But see, in my world, we don't draw a distinction between career and volunteer. Firefighters are firefighters. We go to the same jobs. I might not sleep in the firehouse every night. But I've been a volunteer fireman for 28 years. I go to tons of fires every year. I go to tons of calls. I do everything a career fireman does, except I make my paycheck elsewhere. My dedication is the same. My love is the same. The spirit of it is, is the same. Family's everything. My father taught me very early on, it's important to be civic-minded, to give back to your community, be a member of your community. Get involved. That's what we did. Myself, my father, my two brothers, four of us, four boys, four guys, Three boys, one dad. We're fine. It's what we know. It's our volunteer side of things. We give back to our community. For me, it's important to demonstrate that to my children, to make my kids aware how important the fire service is because it's structure. They crown you. It's important to give back, become involved. We are too busy today walking with our heads down and not our heads looking forward and straight ahead. The other families. I'm a wall bearing salesman. Is that the most ridiculous thing in the world? It's a punchline. I go to cocktail parties and they're like, oh, you for a living. I'm like, I'm a wall bearing salesman. We even know what wall bearings are. It's the most obscure thing in the world, right? But it's the family business since 1980. We sold it five years ago to a competitor. I still work today for the competitor as a technical salesman. I do motors, pump, bearings, belts, chains, brackets, pulleys, couplings, any type of manufacturing that's me. I'm a technical salesman. I know my stuff. It's what I do. I'm a young guy in this industry. It's taught me so much value early on in my early upbringing. But I'll tell you, it was a bumpy road along the way. Who laughed? Thank you for getting it. I don't know what kind of crowd we're going to have. 
This movie is literally one of the best movies ever created. Tommy Boy. Big Tom Callahan died. He owned a, he owned an auto parts company. He died. His Tommy Boy had to take over the family business. I'm Tommy Boy. My dad's name is actually Thomas. George Thomas. Everybody calls him Tom. I'm Tommy Boy. I went to college. Uh, the one, the doctor earlier that spoke today made me feel like an idiot. He said, most people are going to school for six to eight years now in college. I was like, cool, I graduated from college. That's who I was. I enjoyed life, right? I was learning. I went to college. I enjoyed college. And then I came out of college, and I got a job in my dad's business. I got a car, an American Express card. I said, go develop business. Go bring in the business. I sucked because everything was given to me. I didn't have to learn my way. I didn't have to work. I was a boss's kid. I was a comedy boy. I was a mess. Right? At the time, I was like, wow, this is cool. I can do this. I'm an entitled kid. I can get away with it. I can do this. Every tool's given to me. Now, in the meantime, a little backstory on this. When I was in college, I had the opportunity to get hired as a career fireman twice. I deferred both employment opportunities. I could be retired today as a partner, by the way. So, do that next no way. But I felt that I owed it to my parents because of the upbringing they gave me. They gave me everything I needed as a kid to succeed. I went to college, they paid for my college. I was fortunate. I'm one of the lucky ones that had a home that could do that for me. And I squandered it away. When I, was, when I had the opportunity to be a career fireman, I deferred it because all of a sudden this sense of I owed my father and mother something more. That if I didn't finish college and took a career fire job, they threw their money away because they didn't get my college degree. And so what did I choose to do? I deferred the job. Stayed in college, graduated. Those jobs dried up because you can only defer them for so long before a new kid comes out and get hired. And I move home. And I go into the family business and I become happy. This went on for quite a while. 2008, 2009, you guys know. Shook a lot of things out. Got pulled into my father's office. He said, you're either going to learn a job today or you're fired. Man, life went from really good to like, oh my God. We ended up letting people go. We had, we had nine employees. We had to let three employees go that day. My father took all my things away from me and said, sit at this desk and learn this job. And you're out. Best thing that's ever happened. He made me make a choice. You learn and get on the train or get the hell off. I learned. I got in and I went all in. I went all in so much so that we started growing the business. I learned the business. We crushed. I started using tools that we weren't using before. I started using social media to grow a ball-bearing business. So that's the point. And I'm going to get to that later, but it doesn't matter. When you guys sit here today and I talk about these things, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. There are so many tools out there to help you grow your awareness, your presence in your business. So it doesn't matter. I met an awesome gentleman before, I don't know where he is, and I'm sorry I don't have his name, but he makes the fabric for PPE. So he's twice removed from me. But they can still educate and bring awareness to their product and let people know who they are. And when you do that, you can also educate your own people. See, people get excited when companies buy in about their product and they talk about their company, their own employees get even more excited because they see that management is starting to make a push. 
They're recognizing the importance of their brand, their product, and who their people are, and they're willing to put an effort. That excites your employees. That excites the people in your business. So we're crushing it. Things are good. And uh, an opportunity arises. And uh, before the opportunity, uh, I turned 40 years old. And uh, I had a fall. I was working seven days a week, 12, 14 hours a day, growing, building this business for my father, for my two brothers that were in the business, and me. And I'm the youngest of three boys. And I'm the breadwinner. I'm the guy making decisions. I'm the guy that's doing the sales. I'm the guy that's pushing the balance sheets up. There's starting to be a level of resentment. I don't know how many family businesses are in here. I'm sure there's a couple. But I promise you, family businesses are very hard. The first slide the family business is fire service. That's easy. We go to fires, we joke at the kitchen table, we laugh. It's cool. I love being fireman with my brothers and my dad. Butt heads every once in a while. Now go to work. Now go to the other job. Does anybody else get excited when these trucks come by or is it just me? That's EMS, bro. You know, that's not exciting. I don't know, man. That's like a crank of Flintstone siren, you know? <laughs> So, I tell my wife, I don't have a, I'm, I'm starting to resent the man that I love, my father. I'm starting to resent my brothers. We're building this business, but at what cost? I'm not having picnics and barbecues with my family anymore. We're starting to pull away from each other because work always carries over. And I didn't like family matters. That was the slide before. And so my wife said, what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, the things that I've learned in the family business, maybe it's time for me to go do my own thing. Maybe it's time to go pursue a passion. This wasn't my passion. The ball bearings, it's not my passion. I, got, I, I jumped into the family business, and that's what I did. So anyway, long story short, my wife says, well, they go do it. You're 40 years old. If you want to do something, go do it. My passion is the fire service. Every single facet of the fire service, I love. I love. I can't get enough. Cannot. The relationships, the people I meet in here, there's guys in here that I've done projects with, there's guys in here that I've what I would fire with, what I would train with. That's what my life is. I love it. You can't get enough of this. It's infectious. Right? So I was at a crossroads. And so as I started to build out National Fire Radio, I saw there was this disconnect. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But I was like, man, I watched the success of growing my family business on social media and using platforms that are available to us. And I'm like, I can bring that to the fire service. We can start educating the next generation on the channels that people are paying attention to. And that's how National Fire Radio was born. And so, what is it? Well, the goal and main mission is we capture the traditions and culture of the fire service. We own it. See, you gotta own it. Because in the fire service, there's no bullshit. You'll get called out so fast, man. There's no snake oil. There's no blowing smoke. Like, it's either you are who you are, or you're not who you're not. And we'll call you out on it, right? So what we decided to do was we built a podcast and social media platform to represent the core values of what the American Fire Service did. Our mission is about community. We create a platform that promotes the best job in the world. Community matters. I've been talking about that. As you build community, you build trust. As you build trust, you build permissions. Now I'm going to talk about that because you all can do that with your businesses. You build permissions to go down any road you want because you're building trust within a community and that matters. If we educate the next generations, 
That's all they know is us, right? So if you're educating every 16 to 36 year old on where they're consuming information, when they're 26 and 56, and they're the decision makers, they're gonna rely on the content that they saw on your channel. They're gonna remember you because you've been a steady force in their consumption. Think about that. For all of you that have businesses, educate the next generation. The generation that's here now, they need that education, no doubt. No doubt, but focus on the next generation and the next generation after that because those are the ones that will be making the decisions as we move forward. That's important when it takes work. So, podcasts and social media, that's what you guys do. You don't need me. You guys can do it yourself. There's companies in this room that do a very good job at their own product. I'm going to go through a couple examples of how it's done. But you guys can dedicate the time Building on the back of free platforms. Speed matters. See, I loved when I worked with my father because the reason why we had so much more success in a business that was over 40 years old, but in such a short period of time was, he allowed me to run. Go do, and I did, with speed. Speed matters. In a time and place where we are today, speed is what can get you ahead. Now, the quality matters. The polish, the important things, that all matters. Speed matters. Because it is, um, we'll get to that. But speed matters. Quantity matters. When you're talking about social media, when you're talking about content, you need to be active and prevalent. One post a day is not going to do it on your social media. Five posts a day on social media is not going to do it. You need to be posting 20 to 30 pieces of content a day on every single platform out there. Now you're going to say, what, you out of your mind? But you can and I'll explain a little bit of that. It sounds overwhelming because a lot of the problem with what I'm talking about is a lot of this, like, you don't know. You don't know how to do it, right? But it was fun because I walked around this room over the last two days and I'm walking behind everybody. I love to wander. And I'm watching guys checking emails, doing emails. And I'm like, look at this guy, he's on Facebook. Look at this guy, he's on Instagram. Right, so you use this in your personal life, but do you use it for work? Now I'm going to talk about that. Short-term objectives, long-game goals. Everybody wants that balance sheet every single quarter. Everybody wants to see positive. Everybody wants to see a return right away. Nobody's talking about the long-term. We talk about the long-term, but it's a real agenda for you. We do these budgeting meetings, planning meetings. We're, we're scaling out over the next three, four, six, seven, ten years. Where are we going to go? Where are we taking this? What can we get involved with? How do we grow? How do we scale? But all you really care about is short-term. Everybody cares about the short term. There's not many people that are really in it for the long game. Me, this is the cool part about what I get to do. It's my passion. It's a long game for me. I don't want to go sit in, as much as I say I would move to Hawaii tomorrow, I don't want to. It takes me out of the game. See, I like the game. The game is fun. I think all of you like the game. That's why you're here. It's the process. It's not so much the outcome, it's the process. What are you going to do when you retire? What are you going to do when you walk away? Are you truly going to be able to walk away? Not if you're a player. Not if you like the process. Brass tacks and heart facts. The Elkhart guys in the back, they've become friends over the last few years. I am so impressed by what they've done. So I wanted to bring this out. I, I told them I put them in the slideshow. I wanted to make sure they were cool with it. I want to talk about it a little bit. They're a big company. Safely. Elkhart, the division within Safely. 
They're a very big company. They're a member of this organization. They do an unbelievable job in educating their consumers. They don't really sell. Like, they don't sell. The best way to sell is not to sell. The best way to sell is to educate. If your product's good and your service is good, go all in on that. Educate your people about why it's good, how it's good, how it pertains to the industry. That's where you gain success. I can go in and sell. I can be. I was. I was a salesman. I was Tommy Boy. I go in, knock on the door. Hey, man, you golf? Let's go out. Let's grab this. Relationships, right? But did I stand behind my product? And how did I bring that through? How did I tell that story? How did I tell that experience to people? So, how good is your product? Your service? Education is key. And I firmly believe in this that an educated consumer is the very best consumer. Educate them and they will come. Brass Tacks and Hard Facts is a YouTube and social media program that Elkhart rolled out. And in a nutshell, they brought in subject matter experts, the names in the American fire service that guys like me grew up reading in fire engineering magazines, people that shaped the American fire service. I can list 30 names right now of people that were influential on in me. I read those articles cover to cover when I was a 16 year old kid on up through my career in the fire service four times a month, I couldn't get enough. And what they understood, and I don't want to speak for them, but this is my, my, my understanding of what they did. They built out an educational program to educate people in the fire service about how to do their job better, more effectively, oh, by the way, choosing our product. They put product in the hands of people at conferences. They're not afraid to put themselves out there because they believe in their product, they believe in their service, and they'll put it out there in your hands and they'll let the consumer make that decision. Educate, educate, educate. On a smaller level, Tara Cornett's a friend. She called me five years ago. She said, I really need National Fire Radio's help. I said, what do you need? She said, well, I have this soap brand that is for deconning firefighters. It eliminates um, your chances, it, it betters your chances for survival, deconning, and all those things. As we know, cancer is so prevalent to talk about the fire service. And I said, Tara, you don't need me. I said, you can do this yourself. I said, let me tell you how to do this. And I'm not afraid to give everybody the roadmap to the success I've had today. In six years, we've built a pretty successful platform. I'm here speaking in front of you today. Play decon is just a friend. And I said, listen, it's all about community. It's all about impact. It's all about getting out there and getting involved. She learned who the players were. She learned who the important people were. She learned who the influencers were. She built relationships that matter, and those relationships are part of the community. And today, she has a thriving, successful business that she did all by herself and did not need outside help because she went all in on the process. And I can talk for hours about this. Taylor Stims, another small family or small business, firefighter on business. He's retired now. Super successful. They make aluminum helmet fronts for the American Fire Service. Taylor and I struck up a relationship. We started early on together. We kind of navigated the social media space together. Another guy that understands how to build brand, he makes aluminum helmet fronts for fire helmets. But because he's gained such attraction and following with his brand and he's built out a community that believes in him, he was like, you know what? I love the kids. I love the kids. All the kids come up. He gives them stuffies. He gives them all these different things to represent his business. But what does that do? He's educating the next generation. 
He put out a PDF on his website of his shield and said, have your kids color these, send them in. He's going right to the young audience, educating them with a cartoon character for his business. The parents couldn't get enough of it. They send their, they scan it, they mail it in, they scan it, they send it in. He puts them all up on his website with numbers on them and says, if this is yours, feel free to click it, buy it, Christmas present, Father's Day present. It's genius. He took permission because he could. He built his brand, people believed in him, believed in his mission, and he did coloring pages that grew out a successful program to raise money in the business. My point is this, as you grow, and as you gain a foothold in community, you can take permissions. You can try different things. I said this earlier, there's no reason why Ferrari can't make a toaster. They're good at it, and it's high precision, and they want to dabble their toes in the toaster market. They make a quality product. We all know Ferrari is a top shelf product. It's a premium brand. Why not make a toaster and see what happens with it? You can start taking permissions when you have loyalty and following within your community. And you can start testing the water and feel different things. Kids coloring pages, super simple, right? And you can take those permissions. Brand matters, how to promote your brand. Why is it so important? It's identity and storytelling. Educate people about your brand. You want people to know who you are. You want people to know what your brand means, the mission, the people behind it, what you stand for, where you go, who you talk to, who your relationships are. That is all super, super important when building brand. Transparency, authenticity, these are things that get thrown around a lot, but how vulnerable are you willing to be? How transparent are you willing to be? How much are you dedicated to your brand and how much do you believe in your brand? Just like my keynote. Again, I spent 15 minutes telling you guys who I am. It's important. It's fine. Willy Wonka. You guys know the movie, right? The first one, the second one's super creepy. Uh, Johnny Depp, the kids' heads are falling off. It's something weird, right? The chocolate factory, all of you that manufacture distributors that have inventory on the shelves, you guys have the chocolate factory out your door. Everybody wanted to go to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Everybody wants to see what's behind the doors. Why don't you share that? Fire truck manufacturers, the coolest thing you could do is educate people about your process. Now, obviously, there's proprietary things that you can't share, but you don't have to. But educate people about the process. Educate people about your company. Educate people about who you are and what your brand stands for. I didn't create the comment, document, don't create. That was Gary Vaynerchuk, who was a big influence in my world. And if you don't know who he is, I suggest you seek him out. Another New Jersey guy, entrepreneur, super successful. And he was part of why I started what I started. He was influential to me, and that was more podcast. But my point is this, document, don't create. You guys have the candy factory or the chocolate factory. You walk out of your office, turn left, open the doors in the manufacturing. Are you kidding me? People nerd out over that stuff. That's cold. I don't have that. I gotta walk my way into Rosenbauer. I gotta walk my way into Pierce. I gotta walk my way into different manufacturers so I can help tell their story. You guys can do that yourself. College intern, high school intern, go out, take some video, interview people, film students. It comes at zero cost, and you're, then you're posting against a free platform. Build your brand. And then you can start hacking attention from there. But you can do this. You have the tools. But how important is it to you? Document, don't create. 
We get too caught up on creation. We get, and now, don't get me wrong, there are times you're going to create marketing campaigns, polished content, video series, webinars. That's creative. But your every single day that you take for granted should be very interesting to other people, especially fire, firefighters. It's interesting. I want to know how hose is made. I want to know how Elkhart makes their novels, or somebody else makes a fan, or somebody else uh, is building PPE, PFOS, all that stuff. Educate us. We want to know. I mean, fire aren't the smartest people in the world. I'm one of them. But we like to know. We want buy-in. We want to know what you're building, how you're building it, who you are. That's super important. Document. Don't create. Don't take for granted what your everyday looks like. Because I don't know what your everyday looks like, and I'd love to learn. Tell a story. Now, this is a fun little story I'm going to tell. You guys have the keys to the chocolate factory. Do you know how to use them? Storytelling, tell a story. So this scene right here, I want to share this with you. So on, uh, on our platform, on social media, we do this tips, tricks, and hacks. We call it apparatusization. We are single-handedly influencing fire truck builds in the American fire service. I hear it every single day from the manufacturers, the dealers, and end users. We gotta get that. <laughs> but no, I don't like the one. We take it right here, but not. Um, this is a story, right? So we're at, a, we're at a manufacturer, and we're walking the plant. We're doing interviews, we're talking to people, we're documenting. And I come up and we're taking pictures of the trucks now. We do this apparatus innovation contact, which is influencing builds. So we always look for the unique things. Just the oddball things that aren't your everyday things, right? Things that are of interest. We can take big pictures of polished fire trucks and post them, and people like them. Firemen like pictures of fire trucks, but what they really like is the operational point of view. They like to understand why somebody else did it the way they did because it might better their operation. It's important, it's a detail. This scene light here is down low, so if you're driving, the light's actually down on your left-hand side, it's down low. And it's a scene light that typically, and Joe will tell you, belongs up high, right? It's a, it's a scene light, but it's down low. So I was with the marketing person from this manufacturer, and we're walking the floor, and I'm like, show me what you do. I do this, they tell me to do this, I do this, great, she's taking all these pictures. I said, do you see this here? I'm like, would you take a picture of that? She's like, no. I said, that's the most important thing on this truck. And she's like, are you serious? And I go, yeah. I said, because it's fine, I don't want to know why that's there, because I've never seen it there before. It's those little details. It's education. It's having people in the trenches you guys are supplying the fire service your products, your services. You have firefighters on staff. You have firefighters that you can talk to. Do you understand how your product is truly being used in the trenches? The boots on the ground, the firefighters in the street. I wanted to know the story behind this. So we were at the bar later that night, had to tip a couple back at night. We come across the department that had the name on the truck, was on the back of one guy's shirt. So I ran over on the hand, can I buy your beer? He said, yeah. We start talking, I said, hey, I saw your truck. What's that? What's that like? Or, uh, like oh, what is he goes, no, we're in Mississippi. Rural community, very long driveways, big setbacks. Everybody in our town has a copper mailbox. And they have their address on it, and it's very hard to shoot addresses and to see in emergencies. And so what they did was they determined that if they put a low-profile light like this, the driver can use a momentary switch to spot the mailbox numbers as he comes down the road. Never heard of that before. 
I was like, that is so cool. I was like, tell me more. So we're talking about it. He's like, oh, we've been doing this for years on our old trucks and our new trucks. Never seen it before. I've seen thousands of fire trucks because we do so much in the fire truck business, right? I've seen thousands of them. And I go, I've never seen this before. It's a great story. It tells a story. We single-handedly influenced this, I can't even tell you on how many trucks across the country. A simple photo. This is where as a manufacturer, an OEM, a distributor, it matters. Understand your consumer and understand what you're building, what you're making, and the determination of how you're selling it. It all matters. It tells a story. And when you tell a story, you educate. And when you educate, you can sell. Pretty cool. I'm proud of this. And it was a simple photo. It was a moment of opportunity. Buy-in. I mentioned this before, right? Yesterday, we talked about buy-in. heard all day about buy-in. From who? Who's your target audience? Is your target audience the administration, firefighter, the backstep firefighter, the mayor, the council, or maybe the public we serve? See, the funny thing is, is firefighters, we're only there for the public. True. Like, we want tools, equipment, methodology, know-how, process, and procedure to make us do our job the very best we can because we have a sworn commitment to every single resident that we serve. That's what we care about. We really do. At the end of the day, that truly matters. So who are you targeting? How do you package your material and sell it? Because you have to know your audience. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Coffee cake. I like coffee cake. Jason, you eat coffee Thank you. You eat coffee cake? Yeah. Chris, should we coffee cake? 3 o'clock in the afternoon at any firehouse, coffee's fresh. It's a pick-me-up in the afternoon. Training's done, everything's done. Typically, we've got a lull. Firemen like this. We do. Only when you bring coffee. Or bring something, right? You don't have to, okay, right? But here's the point of this. How many of you, coming to New Orleans, looked up your product in the city of New Orleans, found out whose hose they use, whose trucks they use, whose PPEs they use, whose computer system they use, what? what socks they wear, what kitchen pots they use, whatever lane you're in. How many of you went to a firehouse while you were here for the last three days to say hello? One, two, three, four, five, five, six. Love it. That's why. It's grassroots, it's organic. Go shake a hand, drop off a coffee cake. Find out how they use your product. Go talk to them. The guys are, the guys are going to the firehouse are cool. Hey, you got coffee cake on it? You want to talk coffee? Yeah. Hey, can I ask you guys? Listen, I'm a representative uh, of Acme Screw Company. I know you guys use my product down here. I'd love to get some feedback. I'd love to learn what you do, how you do it, how you use it. Especially if you're not a firefighter. You want buy-in, go shake hands. Go meet people that are using your product and ask them. And I have walking rescue as an example. I was working with an apparatus manufacturer. I'm talking to their rescue specialist. This guy's like, yeah, I run the rescue division, and you know, this is not the cost. I'm like, you guys just delivered rescue to, I don't want to, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Jason Pattonville. It's a walking rescue truck. Busy apartment, man, urban. That's got to be a good stamp for you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, proud to have it there. I go, what doesn't work on it? He said, what do you mean? I'm like, have you talked to the fireman that used your truck? Well, yeah, I mean, we'll get things back. And I go, no, when you made delivery, and after they broke it in for three months, did you then, as the rescue specialist, go down and ask that department to ride with them for three days? 
live with them, ride with them, cook with them, eat with them, learn who they are. Those guys are going to tell you what sucks about your truck. Not everybody builds the perfect product. I don't care what product you build. Those guys are going to put that truck through the pace of going to fires and wrecks and dive falls and special operations. And they're going to tell you, this paddle here is dumb. This handle we ripped off. This seat rips all the time. You want, thank you, Dave. You want market research? Get the buy-in. Get in the trenches. Put your people in the trenches. I know I'm talking to a lot of higher-ups, A-suite, C-suite. I get it. But you have people below you. Put them in the trenches. Learn the product. That's how you build. That's how you build community. The disconnect, don't believe their own hype. Everybody thinks we're better than we are. There's always room for improvement. I gotta start speeding along games, trust me here. Uh, traditional values might be outdated. Have a real conversation. Talk to people in your office, talk to your employees if you, if you have a, a great relationship with them. Hey, can we do something better? Is there something different we can do? Are your methods in line with your customers' needs? Too often we get comfortable. When we get comfortable, we get complacent. That's the most dangerous thing in the American fire service. Firefighters get comfortable. And when we get comfortable, we die. Facts. We cannot get complacent in our job. I don't want any of you to get complacent. Because if you guys get complacent, then you're making me complacent. I challenge all of you to push yourselves to give us the very best product that we need. When you're sitting in the fast lane and you're just cruising because you've been doing this for so long, I promise you somebody's coming up the slow lane and they're going to pass you. You're not even going to see them in the mirror. It happens every single day, and especially in a traditional marketplace. The American Fire Service is a traditional cultural beast. People get very comfortable. Comfort leads to complacency. Complacency leads to death. Take the friction out of the system. We all live in a world of convenience, right? We all like it easy. DoorDash. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it during COVID how many people were, oh, I got no money. And I'm like, how many times is DoorDash this week? Oh, like six times. I'm like, you're out of your money. Think about it. Convenience. We're a world of convenience. You need something? Look it up on your phone. I can tell you in 30 seconds. There's no bar trivia anymore. We're not arguing who won the 82 World Series. There's no conversation anymore because some guy's like, oh, I'm the Yankees. Um, anyway, so take the friction out of the system. There's tremendous audacity if you believe that the customer is going to continue to come find you or not. So if you're comfortable with where you are and where your, where your processes are and your product is and your content is, and you think the customer is going to come seek you out because you guys have a name or you guys are that important, I promise you, they're going to move on. You've got to be in the vision. <clears throat> Finding that balance, I talked about tradition and culture, super important. Super important, protecting the integrity of the job. Protecting the integrity of the job. It's important, but you have to innovate. Finding balance is never 50-50, I don't care what you say. At home, professional life, in the firehouse, on the fire grounds, 70-30, 60-40, it's always a give and take. There's never a 50-50, it's just not reality. Sorry to break it to anyone that believes that. Media marketing and then sales. I firmly believe that every single company should be a media marketing company first, sales second. What? Are you crazy? Media marketing costs money. Sales produces. I live in this in my small business. It took a lot of convincing my old man to let me do it my way, my process. Let's pump more money into marketing. Let's support marketing. Let's build up our own marketing and media division. Here's the thing. You educate. 
You become the one. Your sales will triple, quadruple. See, when I was in Salesforce, we were lazy. I hit my goals of the year. There's not much more incentive. I don't have to work the last quarter. I don't have to grow my, my sheets, my charts. I don't care, right? Where's the buying plan? Something to think about. And I challenge all of you as I'm If your company does traditional dollar spends on the processes and you don't personally use that process anymore, reevaluate. What do you do in your personal life every single day? And then look at your media marketing budget and say, hey, are we spending in lanes that I don't use anymore? That matters. That absolutely matters. Know your return, your metrics, and your insights, you deserve it. And the responsibility. The responsibility is very much this. We all have a responsibility in this room to promote the betterment of the American Fire Service. That's why we're all here. From apparatus to loose equipment and everything in between, guys like myself and the other firefighters in this room, we count you. So please take it personally. Make it important because it matters to me, it matters to my wife and kids, and it also matters to the public that we serve. We all have a duty to make the fire service better. And that's just my contact information, and that is my presentation.